Welcome to Conversate, our podcast where we engage in conversation. And on this week's episode, I, Aaron Gerke and Kevin Bender, the two of us are back and we are going to start talking about Daniel. Uh, we're going we're gonna to chat about Daniel here for, for a couple of weeks, um, but you know, it's not going to be specifically right in the text all the time, but uh, we'll see where the conversation goes as we engage in this spiritual conversation. We hope that it's enlightening to you and encouraging you to you to do the same thing with your faith and your conversations as well. We hope you enjoy it. Well, hey there, Kevin. Hey, buddy. Good to have you back. Yeah, it's good to be back. But uh, I certainly enjoyed your conversation uh, with Don. I mm. found that to be... Um, encouraging and challenging and just kind of insightful. And it was just fun to listen to somebody else share their story. And uh, so, yeah, thanks for bringing him in. And um, maybe for those of you listening and watching, uh, we've got some plans to do more of that in the future as well, bringing in some other voices to this uh, conversating. Again, I don't know you can say conversating, (laughs) but might as well. Might as well. Yeah. Conversations. Yeah. In the words of Don Kuyper. <laughs> awesome. 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 Yeah. So we're going to be hitting the book of Daniel here for a while at, at St. Peter Paul um, in our in our preaching. And, you know, um, in general, that's kind of what we're doing with this podcast as well is just uh, sharing the story behind the story, seeing what was hitting. And um, I don't know what what what's uh your initial read and in, in daniel been like kevin well i'll tell you aaron i'll tell you all about it okay uh firstly i appreciated yeah your sermon like just kind of setting the stage and giving us the context behind uh what's going on in the story like honestly one of the things that stuck with me was just like the year like just you know just like the simple naming of a date yeah okay so like 605 bc because that's important because that's like this is a date in history. Right. Like sometimes I, this sounds goofy, but it's like, oh yeah, I forget. Like this is like real history. Yeah. That happened. I mean, when you think about historical um, or like historicists, like a Bible is a, that's a, this, these are documents right. that paint pictures of how history was lived in this part of the world. Yes. You know? And uh, so anyways, you just set the stage and, and, and kind of that. You, go, you went all the way back in your sermon, actually, to, uh, I think, like, 1250, uh-huh. right? yeah. the starting of the kingdom. And um, and so, yeah, so you move in that, those 600 years. And crazy to think about Israel's origins even before that in time of the judges. Yep. yep. You know, yep. and then they're like, we need a king because this, is a, bad, <laughs> this yeah. is a bad situation. So, like, just need to see this civilization kind of progress and progress <laughs> and then kind of explode a little bit. Right, right. Yeah, and so if if you're listening and you're not all that familiar with the with the scriptural story or the or the scriptural narrative or how that how that happens, um, one um, just just this is just a kind of a side note. One thing that's been really helpful for me and for a lot of people in our church. A couple of years back, we um, we we read through. It's it's called the story. Um, if you don't have a copy of it, you can you can find it online. Uh, the story. If you come to our church, we have some free copies, and you can pick one up. But they, the the, the uh, editors of that or the publishers, uh, Max Lucado and Randy Frazee, they they took the Bible and put it in chronological order and made it look like a chapter book. So um, basically, to show like the overarching story of the scriptures from beginning to end. Uh, and and what's really helpful about the story is that 
as it helps to put in place the, the kind of the timeline of when stuff is happening. Cause if you're just, if you just open up your Bible, like that's one of the things that I, I still, and I'm, this is full disclosure as somebody uh-huh. who's seminary trained, uh, plug your ears, Dale Meyer. <laughs> one of the things that, that, that I don't have like totally memorized is when, um, uh, when all of the, like all the prophets, uh, line up historically with the kings and which portion of Israel's history is happening when those prophets are speaking. So, uh, so there's all those kinds of things because you get like e- even just in preparation for Daniel, it's just the reminder of like, okay, while Daniel is happening, uh, Jeremiah is also in Jerusalem as the prophet who is speaking that Jerusalem is going to fall and is there for the fall of Jerusalem. But soon after Daniel is taken as as captive, um, Ezekiel, the prophet, uh, is taken in a second round of captivity to Babylon. So there's like just this short time span between 605 BC and when uh, Jerusalem is destroyed in 587 BC. There's another round where Nebuchadnezzar comes and takes more captives and Ezekiel is taken there. So like just putting all those kinds of all those pieces in place is does exactly what you're saying. Like, okay, we've got books of history that tell of what's going on in Israel. Then there's the, the prophets that are happening at the same time. But, mm-hmm. um, but the way the Bible is categorized is all the prophets are lined up right at the end of the old Testament. And then you got to figure out which ones go mm-hmm. with, you know, first and second Kings and first and second Chronicles and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of just Bible stuff, but, um. Yeah. No, I appreciate that, Aaron. Especially because this is funny. I actually have been trying to, uh, like, just for my own self, like, knowledge, piece together when I was trying to piece together my own chrono- chronology of, okay. of Bible. I didn't realize this was right there in the story, uh-huh. which is like ten feet from my office. Yeah, I could just grab one, and all my work would be solved. You should, because at the beginning of each chapter, they literally have a timeline. They put the timeline <sighs> at the beginning of each chapter. That's saying, awesome. Um, you know, these things are happening here. So, yeah. And, and this is also something that stuck out to me. It wasn't necessarily like, um, like super emphasized in the, in the sermon, but, um, you did mention that Daniel, you know, probably from like a wealthy family of maybe nobility, yeah. uh, cause he's just kind of the guys that Nebuchadnezzar is going after the, in the beginning of the story and that he was from the line of Judah. Right. And this, so like as a, you know, as an Israelite living in this time, or even I think following this time, when you read this immediately, this is like you know, beginning of the movie, like, oh gosh, we got problems here because the Messiah is supposed to come. <laughs> yeah, through from that line, this line. Yeah. and they're they're taken away. Yeah, um, yeah, which was just you know interesting to think of that and hear that at the beginning of this story, and also think about like just where we we're at societally in our own land, yeah. which you did make that connection yeah. of look, we woke up, you know, all of us woke up a few days ago. Watched the news, uh, saw a lot of chaos, yeah. um, and it's kind of like you have that gut drop. Yeah. And then, so, I mean, these guys in, in Daniel's time, they were having that gut drop for sure. Yeah. Um, at least all those who were holding on to the promise. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I was on vacation when all the all the stuff at the Capitol happened. I don't. I mean, I don't know if it's it's probably not worthwhile our our time. I'm. I, I feel like we're probably too ill informed, and it's too soon to. <laughs> totally know what's going on to you know give some sort of wise you know wisdom towards that but um 
but just uh, in practicality, I uh, I was on vacation when that happened. I think it was happening like in the middle of the day, and my kids were were having rest time. And while they were resting, I was just watching uh, Netflix, and Abby was taking a nap. And uh, she woke up from her nap and said, "What happened in the world while I was sleeping?" Because she like woke up and checked the news or something. And I said, "I don't know. I was watching Netflix, <laughs> you know." So. Uh, I didn't wake up one day I uh, mm. and, and saw things in turmoil. I, I came out of Netflix binge and, and saw that things were in turmoil. Mm. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, um, but certainly, certainly um, I, I, I just, I, I did mention in the sermon, like we, we've gone through books of the old Testament right. um, kind of yeah, each, each year from Jonah to Job um, to Esther. Uh, and in particular, with Esther's story last year, I find it, um, it's actually very similar to Daniel's story mm. in a sort of way. Um, I mean, she is also in Babylon when, when that's happening. Well, it's actually Persia because by that point, Persia has taken over the Babylonian empire. Yep. Yep. Um, but, uh, the thing I remember preaching time and time again with Esther is that the whole idea of the sovereignty of God. Mm. What and does so, that mean? It means sovereignty, sovereign, like just over and above in control, um, powerful in authority. So, so God is totally in control of all of the things happening in the world. Mm. And I don't know if, if you're listening, the, the place where this oftentimes goes and, and I don't want to, I don't want to get too crazy deeper, but we're going to have to for just for a second. Sometimes what people will say is, okay, if God is sovereign and all powerful and all in control, mm-hmm. then does that mean that he caused mm-hmm. the events of the world and made every single little thing happen like pieces on the chessboard? Sure. You know? Because that's what our human minds would think. We would go, okay, God's in control. And even like in the story of Daniel, he's, he basically says, like, I'm, I'm making this kind of stuff happen. Right. But also sort of allowing history to unfold in order for his plan to happen. So uh-huh. I had a professor say um, something to this effect. Like, um, God is 100% in control of all things. Mm-hmm. But you and I as humans who live in this world are 100% responsible for the decisions that we make and 100% accountable for the decisions that we make. Mm. So God does not move us around like pieces on the chessboard. Mm-hmm. We make those decisions. Like I decided to wear these socks today. Like God did not pick out my socks for me. Sure. My wife bought them for me. She made that choice. So they're, mm-hmm. those are pretty cool, right? I made the decision uh, to wear a stained shirt. So I did all these things, right? Um, God didn't make that for me. Yet God still knew that it was going to happen. <laughs> like he was over and above all of those things. So mm. he's sovereign. He's in control. He's in authority. But at the same time, you and I have to make our decisions um, in response to all that stuff. So, and when I think about that, actually, like that paints a much more beautiful picture of God than the alternative, 
What's the alternative? So like the idea of the chessboard, you know, okay. like, like, hey, dad, uh, let's play a board game tonight. Okay, yeah. you know, family, and we all sit down, but I move all the pieces. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but God has this amazing, I mean, this is, this is what blows me away. When you think about humans, <laughs> when I think about myself, how hard is it for someone to kind of, to change me, you know, mm. to someone to, like, make me a better person? You would think I would want that. But, uh, you know, I like my devices. I kind of like my habits. I get in a groove and I don't want to be messed with. Um, but that's kind of God's like, that's his whole, that's his whole jam, yeah. you know, is to take people and to, and to grow them and make them into something new and different, something they never would have been on their own. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it seems like this is what he even is doing like through history. So like he's raising up the Babylonians right. to come in and take down Israel because like you said, they needed this discipline mm-hmm. and that's that's a hard thing to hear right you know right and no one likes to be disciplined right right and what we also need to remember as christian people living on this side of the cross and the empty tomb mm. is that prior to christ god was working out his plan through the nation of israel mm-hmm so um when judgment needed to happen or the the uh when when God's wrath had to come because of sinfulness it had to come on the nation of mm-hmm. Israel mm-hmm. when God told Israel to do something they needed to respond or he would get angry so on this side of the cross all of that wrath of God was poured out on Jesus mm. so Jesus, Jesus is, Jesus takes all that um, Israel was supposed to do and, and does it and takes all the, the, the wrath that God needed to pour out on the people of Israel and he has it poured out on himself. Mm-hmm. Expanding from the cross and the empty tomb for us then, we are, as, as Paul talks, we're, the, we're this new Israel. The church, the Christian church is the new Israel. So, um, on this side of the cross, God doesn't, he doesn't, I wouldn't, he doesn't discipline us in the same way that he disciplined the nation of Israel. So we need to be careful when reading the Old Testament to say, well, you know, take America, for example, sure. is God disciplining America for its faithlessness to him? Mm. Um, that's a hard question to answer. In in one, in one way we could say, um, God is all God's desire for all people is to turn from their sinfulness mm-hmm. and turn and repent from that and turn to him. Mm-hmm. So he uses the world's events to try to make that happen. So um it's it's not a it's not a it's not a discipline as it was for Israel, but it certainly is any any world event anything natural disasters anything that happens in the world is an opportunity that god will use in order to turn people from their sinfulness and turn them to him so yes. that's i mean and this and this too this is bringing to mind to me like just to you sorry know, folks we're we're uh, if deep. this is this is deep theology so <laughs> conversate with us if you need to pause and you know go to the bathroom and get yourself some coffee uh go ahead do it but yeah, no, so two things come to mind as you're explaining that as well. You know, one is going back to last week's episode, we're under the sun. 
Okay. It's not our job to try and climb above that line and say, this is what God is doing yeah. in this event, right? That's not our job. Right. We'll let God do what he does. Yeah. And, and we will, we will look to where he speaks clearly to us as well in his word. Exactly. Right. He makes himself very clear in his word, um, about Jesus atonement yep. for our, for our sin, him taking, um, uh, our sin upon himself as Israel, uh, reduced to one, yep. one person, Jesus. And, and also it might be helpful to think too, um, the difference between like punishment and discipline. Right. And I always, I always like to go to that place and I think that'd be helpful for us, um, because I, I always like to ask people that question. Like when I say, if, if I say discipline, mm. you know, or, you know, as parents, you need to discipline your children. Is that a, is that a negative word or a positive word? Sure. Yeah. Cause even if you think about like disciplines, you know, like there are disciplines you learn and you come train and yeah. you want like the discipline of working out, you yeah. know, for instance, um, obviously clearly good things. Yeah. So um, I, and I just don't equate, I don't equate discipline with punishment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I, I, I think sometimes there is a there is punishment, but a, a loving parent, if mm-hmm. we're using the parenting example, mm-hmm. you you have to you have to uh, teach your children through the punishment. Like, like uh, I don't know. Maybe this is just the way that we choose to parent, but I don't I don't see the benefit of just straight up punishment without the education of. Mm. Instead of doing what you just did that was not good, please do this instead. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just no, don't do that. It's don't do that instead, and do this right. And so I think that's I think that's a, a helpful reminder to us. And I think that's truly what discipline is. It's not an abandonment. Um, you know, you don't just say you did bad. You know, get out of here and and go away. Right. Um, it's, I really, I'm, I, I'm frustrated with you. I'm disappointed in you. I don't like what you've done, mm. but I love you so much that I'm going to show you a better way, mm-hmm. show you a better way. Um, and so I, I believe that's when I read the whole scriptures, that that's the way that God works with his creation. Totally. You know? Um, so a lot of people think, think that things like the Babylonian exile is God just saying, I'm done with you guys. Uh-huh, uh-huh. If that were the case, then, then, then we wouldn't be here, you know, yeah. like he wouldn't have worked through Daniel. Uh, right. You know, and so, this is the second point I think of uh, this whole going into Daniel, right? You, you talked about three things. One was Daniel's faithfulness um, to God, you know, yeah. and as an example for us as, Hey, look, you can walk in this way even today. Like this is relevant today. Yeah. And especially, man, when you start talking about the king coming out with uh, the platter of food and the uh-huh. goblet of wine, I mean, just metaphorically that for me was like, oh, you know, how much does culture come and just uh, on a platter say, look, this is what you need. Oh, yeah. this is what you want. Yeah. Have this, you know. Yeah. And to have the, you know, to have been raised up, Daniel, by his parents in the way he was to, uh, to say no, I mean, that's huge. Right. But it's kind of our, our calling as well. Right. You know, like culture's going to, they're going to serve up a lot of stuff on platters and you got to be careful about what you eat. <laughs> I know. And I was, I was thinking about that, like yeah. as a parent of young kids who are, you know, they're growing up faster than I would like them to. But yeah. I think like, holy smokes, like by 12, 13, 14, like I, am I, 
I, I pray that I'm raising them well enough that they will know like that when the world offers them up, you know, yeah. all the wonderful things on, on the platter. Like, mm-hmm. will they, will they know what to say and when to, when to, when to say, no, that's not what God would have for yeah. me, you know, in that their identity. Yeah. And this is, oh, what, yeah. you know, Nebuchadnezzar, yeah. I mean, the smart guy. Yeah. I mean, you, if you're going to kidnap a bunch of people, of course, change their names, yeah. like hit them at the core, you yep. know, tell them what their identity is, yeah. which is also what we see in the world, you know, yeah. people finding their identity all over the place. And, um, but yes, they, even though their names are changed, they're still living. They know who they are. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's really, that, that was, that's really cool too. Oh, absolutely. That's... But, um, but this all to come back around and say, God's faithfulness to us this is how we kind of got in here was yeah. God's relationship with these people including you as a listener and me and pastor Aaron, you know, like God is faithful to his people. And that was your point number two, right? Uh, If I remember correctly. Was that number two? I don't know. It was two or three. (laughs) The order doesn't matter. But, but, um, yeah. So God, when we, cause I felt this way, I have felt sometimes in my life, like, Oh, I blew it now. And I'm and, and now, you know, my life is, crumbling in this or that way or i'm experiencing pain or hardship and it must be god punishing me Mm, yes i think people relate to that i just had somebody tell me that uh yesterday you know just uh, pastor i've got all this stuff going on in my life and in my family's life like i don't know what i did wrong you know i must have must have done something you know Mm -hmm. i just tried to reassure like no you didn't you know Mm -hmm. you didn't um, we, we know that from the scriptures, you know, uh, when the man is, uh, man, man's, uh, born blind and is healed and the people ask, you know, who is, who sinned this man or his parents that he should be born blind. And uh, Jesus said neither, but, uh, that, that my works, you know, might be demonstrated mm. through him. And I think, and Paul talks about that in the way that we, um, in the way that we suffer, you know, I think when, when we suffer well, um, we demonstrate to the world um, who this God is that we believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, that's really modeling what, what Christ did. I mean, he suffered perfectly. I don't know. Is that, I've never even said it that way, you know? Yeah. And but, suffered and suffered un, un, unjustly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like for he sure. was innocent. Yeah. Just kind of bore it. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the, and, and the witness that that is, uh, to the world when, when you're, I guess when you're not fighting, especially for your own life, you know? Yeah. When you, yeah. And I think we're going to see that as, as Daniel unfolds mm-hmm. with his own life, with Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, all these guys, you know? Bummer for those guys, man. They, everyone knows them by their, uh, you know, their Babylon names. I know. That's a rip. I know. I was trying to... <laughs> I was trying to memorize it myself. Uh, so we got Hananiah, Hananiah Mishael, and Azariah. So, dude, and, there and you go. it's kind of neat. I mean, clever on on Nebuchadnezzar's part too. So Mishael, right? Yeah. What is like God is, or yeah. who is who is, who is like who is what God is? Who yeah. is what God is? Yes. So Mishael becomes Meshach, yeah, which is the god Aku, uh, Babylonian god. Yeah. You know, but, but keeping basically his namesake and just saying, oh, who is like. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's just interesting that, that those name changes, but I think they all give reverence to Babylonian gods. Yes. Yeah. And I, in my sermon, I just didn't, that's a lot of <laughs> I just, 
There was a lot of detail. Lot of Hebrew. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we just didn't go there other than saying, you know, their names were changed, but yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm, I'm finding for myself, um, well, you were trying to go through those three points that I said about why reading Daniel. And I remember the other one was, so it's, you know, Daniel's faithfulness to God, God's faithfulness to us. The other one was it demonstrates God's sovereignty over all nations and ah. authorities, which we've already talked about. Sure. Um, but, but I'm just finding for myself in my own walk of faith in this world, which um, seems to just get more and more turbulent, uh, at least in the season that we're in. Um, I mean, Daniel's season was very turbulent as well, and that was, you know, 2,600 years ago. So um, there are turbulent seasons in this world and in different parts of the world. But in our part of the world, it seems turbulent and chaotic right now. I find great peace in trusting that we have a sovereign God mm. um, who is who is faithful to his promises and his people. And he just asks us to be faithful in return. I, I, I'm, I'm very content in that mm-hmm. myself. Um, you know, I think some people will want to challenge that in the world. And I've had that challenge. Like, and it, it just, it always goes back to challenging God's sovereignty and saying, well, if your God is sovereign, then why is he allowing this to happen? You know? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, we got to work through all that, all that stuff to come back to this place of he is working it all out. And one day he will return and he will make all things new. And like, I'm just, I'm totally at peace with his promise. Mm. Therefore, why would I, why would I not just remain steadfast in my faith? Like, Mm. yeah, I was, I was hoping actually, uh, to, to peel behind that just a little, like when you say, uh, all he wants from us is just to be faithful. Mm. Like, what does that, what What does that that look like? Like, yeah, I, I think, I think, it's it's a uh believe like believing that he is who he says he is mm-hmm. that he is god that he is our savior <laughs> mm-hmm. that the spirit is alive and well in me that i am forgiven and set free mm-hmm. um and that i actually i i don't desire what the world has to offer me mm-hmm. i desire what he has to offer me and i respond to him in thanks and praise for what i have so, I don't, yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. That, see, that's really helpful, especially hearing it in that order. Okay. And I hope everyone like gets that too. That it's not the idea that we gotta get our act together. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not that God's saying, "Look, if you screw it up, Babylon's coming." Uh, you know? Yeah. But no, exactly, exactly how you broke it down right there, which is, <laughs> wow, all God wants for me, like just believe, believe that He is actually God. Yeah. You know, believe that I'm forgiven. I mean, those are, they don't require any work of me, but they are hard sometimes. Like, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. hard. especially when the world's offering you free food, you know? Sure. And going, you don't have to work for this. I'll just. Yeah. And sometimes it's easier to have those tangibles and to say, look, it's right here. And I can hold it and I can feel it yeah. and touch it and know, okay, yeah, I am this or that. Yeah. And some, in this trust in God, it's, it's a little slower. It's a little, uh, it's a little more abstract, but. But this is just so reassuring to hear that, like, what God, he's not looking for me to be perfect. No. He's He's the one who's in charge of that anyway. Yeah. Like, he's the one who is going to forgive me. He's the one who's going to wipe my slate clean. Yeah. And then the more I lean into belief in him, yeah. trust in his forgiveness for me, yeah. the more I'm actually going to see myself change. Yeah. Not because I'm doing it. Yeah. 
because he's doing it. Yeah. And what a, I mean, just, that just flips the world's message on its head. For sure. You know? For sure. And it puts you in a place of desire, like, um, actually desiring an obedient life, not out of fear of him, uh, but just out of, holy smokes, this is just a better way. It works out. It's just a better way. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder, yeah. part of me wonders that this whole story of Daniel, of course it's true historically. Yeah. We believe that. W- uh, not according to Wikipedia. What? Do not, there, it was, sorry, but, I'm interrupting you, but please. it was like blatant in the first paragraph. All modern scholars agree that Daniel is just a myth. And then the categories are the tales of Daniel. Uh-huh. Like it's, that's hardcore blatant. So do not. Yeah, modern uh, historical critics yeah. uh, have a lot to say about the Bible. Are running that, rampant. Yeah, they are. You know. Okay. So, anyways, like, yeah, sorry. That is, no, that's fine. It's good. To, good to hear. Beware. Um, but uh, but I was going to say, not only historically do we trust that. Oh, this actually happened. Um, also, I do think it is somewhat uh, maybe typological or like it's a it's a metaphor. It's a it invites us to trust. That narrative that Daniel and his buddies, they trusted in God. Yep. And they didn't just go along with what the world told them to do. Right. And things actually did work out. Yep. And even if we face suffering in this life, like ultimately we know that's the same true story for us. Yeah. And that's what you're saying. Like, oh man, when I actually, I'm not, it's not that I'm following just because I'm afraid of the punishment. I'm following because like, oh, you're at God, you actually make this stuff work. Yeah. Out. Yeah. And life is better. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um. Yeah, I mean, we could we could go on and on, but we've got you know. There's always next week for us to keep talking. Oh, that's but we're gonna be here for a while. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, I just, I did just want to say though too. Like, I think one of the important things for us to know is that Daniel and his friends, like, they are not like outright rebel, even rebelling against the world. They're not like trying to cause a revolt or a revolution. Sure. They're just saying, is it possible for us to remain faithful? in this now in this part of the world where, Mm. you know, we don't have everything that we want or that we're used to. So I think that's important for us. And and as the new Testament says, like Mm -hmm. we are in the world, but not of the world. Mm -hmm. Like, so we're not supposed to just like disassociate from the world, like Mm -hmm. go to work, live your life, um, participate in the community, do all of those things, being faithful to God while you're doing Mm -hmm. it, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, there's, we could go, we could go on and on, Kevin, but that's, that's good for today. You got any parting words? Uh, no, uh, here's my parting words is, uh, God is my judge. Ooh, nice. <laughs> nice. Daniel, baby. Daniel, that's what Daniel means. We're just going to look, we're going to look at God, uh, you know, and yeah, he's sovereign. He's sovereign today. Cool. We're interested in that. Awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, um, working through this and I think it's going to get, it's going to get crazy in like uh, week seven and eight and stuff where it's no longer just the narrative, but some crazy visions and stuff. But yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. All right. Hey, blessings to all of you. Thanks for tuning in, listening. Um, feel free to share this word with other people. And again, our goal in doing this is just to model uh, conversations. Uh, you know, if you're having faith conversations, uh, don't be intimidated by the, like the depth that, that Kevin and I sometimes go to. Um, just, you know, find ways to incorporate, 
um, little nuggets of this, you know, little ideas of, you know, God is in control. Like just look around in your life and think, where is God in control? How, how can I talk to other people about that? Where, where can we have that conversation in our home? So, um, yeah, blessings to you. Thanks for uh, tuning in and we'll see you next week. Cheers.